Welcome to Ready Layer One. This is a crypto podcast that focuses on the near protocol ecosystem. And Joe, so good to see you. We're back from NearCon. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, back after uh, a long week uh, in Lisbon, but it was awesome, and so much great stuff came out of it. And uh, but it, it's it's good to be back home. Absolutely. I mean, not only were there so many projects and like NFT projects and big projects and like sweat and all that that we'll get into, but uh, I also got sick when I came back, which I think <laughs> is what is pretty common. I think most of the like, conference did. I think that's just what conferences are now. Yeah. It's like you right. go, then everybody gets sick. Right. right. Uh, man. So let's like, just let's talk about NearCon 2022 some. So we were both hosted a couple panels. Yep. Uh, what panels did you host? Uh, one on the metaverse and one on uh, payments. Yeah, man, that metaverse one was mind blowing. I mean, the good. payment ones too. Like that's what the, the, the big takeaway for me from NearCon was like, there is so much happening and you can just see these waves of projects coming. They're not mm-hmm. at shore yet, but if you're reading like the waves, there's like a whole lot coming and they're going to be big projects, payment, onboarding, using shards, private shards. I mean, all sorts of interesting things. Yeah. I, I mean, it felt like there was a lot of, you know, and I don't mean this in like a pejorative way, but like a lot of grown up projects coming out where people were not just kind of trying to hack and build and trying to see what they could like throw together. It, there was a ton of projects that were really well thought out. Uh, some were well funded, but some maybe not were just funded yet, but were had like actual true business plans and really trying to, you know, onboard users and leverage the blockchain in a meaningful way. Yeah. Uh, and that was really encouraging. I mean, I don't think I saw a bad talk like I like every single mm-hmm. panel and talk was excellent uh so much interesting stuff happening nothing felt like hype and fluff no. it all felt like very substantial you you I mean that a great way to put it there was no hype and fluff like I don't think I've I've been in the crypto space for a while I've never seen this landscape right where yeah. we're we're in like a bear market crypto but I mean you look at the macro environment right now I, I mean this isn't a macro podcast but holy yeah. cow like there is stuff happening in the world that I've never seen. Sure. While that's all happening, we also have <clears throat> all these projects building. And like the thing that was the that blew my mind, I didn't even realize is a lot of projects in the future are going to be leveraging near in the blockchain mm-hmm. and the user will never know. It'll all be in the background. And then one day when the user's like, hey, what do I want to take my I want to get off this app and go use it somewhere else? They can then get their wallet that has all their info. Like that right. is like let's call that like the consumer blockchain. I mean, it's going to be massive. I mean, you're already seeing it, right? I mean, you know, like the big news that happened in, at NearCon was, you know, Sweat and Sweat Economy, you know, actually doing their token generation event. And that alone brought like what another like 13 million wallets on, on board. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only they don't, it went smooth, no, right? It was super smooth. And most of those users have no idea what Near is. Um, and that's both good and bad. We can talk about like the pros and cons of some of that stuff. But the fact that, you know, Sweat was able to do their thing, airdrop to millions and millions of people. Yeah. And it didn't disrupt the network. And again, it didn't disrupt the user experience, right? Like the users are still able to go and do what they need to do inside the Sweat app. Mm-hmm. And it all felt seamless. They don't need to know that it's near in per se. No, exactly. And 
I'm like one business model. So, so the sweat business model. So they've got that. They also have like, I think a validator. There's a sweat validator. They're, they're, they're really ingrained in the ecosystem. And if they're the first sort of business model mm -hmm. for a large app, this could be like a business model recreated across so many different apps. Sure. Sure. I mean, they're an extreme example to some degree because they have like hundreds of million users. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like 100 plus million. But the but you're right. You're spot on of like just seeing how the approach has been. Yeah. There's a lot to learn from that if you're trying to go and build. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. And it's going to be. Yeah. And that was just like sweat was just like the large project. But there were so many different projects. Seat Lab uh, was mm -hmm. another one that's like uh, Seat Lab NFT which yeah. is a ticketing platform. That's cool. We interviewed them. We just dropped their podcast this week. Another like all happening behind the scenes. Great exactly. idea. And then you're right. There weren't as many like uh, people sort of like building and putting stuff together. But I do think that ecosystem is where it is around near, but it's just not that large, but it's there, you know, but. Oh, they, I mean, they, they had a, they had a, uh, you know, a hackathon during the NearCon. You yeah. know, there was just another one this past week. You know, th so there is that stuff, and that that culture is is there, and that that culture is super important to any growing ecosystem. Like, like you need to have that. You need to have that creativity and that that people willing to push the boundaries and try new things yeah. and all that type of stuff. But I think the other side of it, though, is that it doesn't it, that's not like 90 percent of what's going on. Right. No. We're now seeing it where more and more, you know, big business and really, you know, interesting and professional use cases of the blockchain that are coming to fruition, which I think that to me is really, really interesting because yeah. that I feel like is an accelerating point to get to, you know, mass adoption. I agree. Like mass adoption in my head was like, oh, everybody will have a near wallet because it's got your name on it. I don't think so. I think that's going to be a pretty small portion of people who are like into playing sort of like, like I sort of look at those people as like sports, right? I really relate a lot of like crypto and sports. Like each crypto is its sports team and people mm -hmm. get fans of it and they go those extra couple steps where they, you know, if you're a fan of like, you like the Patriots, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you like them, you have to like go to a stadium to watch a game. You got to buy a ticket, may, buy season tickets. If you're a way big fan, you might buy some swag. Right. That's just kind of what these NFT projects feel like to me, right? They're sort of like yep. teams, and that all makes sense. And that's where you need a wallet. And but then there's going to be hundreds of millions of people who are on near, never know. Yeah. Until yeah. they need to know it. Until they're like, wait, the, I, can I pull my info? And it's like, yeah, it's all you here. Here you go. There's your check. There's your key. Like that's why. It, it is. And I think that that's where the approach from near is super interesting too, right? It's like, you don't need to know that the website you're on is built on AWS. That's irrelevant, right? You know, but the biggest difference is that when you want to take away and walk away with your data in web two, you can't do that, you know, no. or if you can, it's not easy. Yeah. And usually you're not really walking away with it. <laughs> like, so yeah, it's, it's it definitely a, a different mental model, but uh, we're in the right direction. Exactly. And you just said something about AWS. And here's kind of what I thought about too, while I was there. We were taught we interviewed Ilya and we were walking around and talking about like the chunk validator and what sort of the future of a say a billion people are using near. What does that look like? Right. Like how does that yeah. work? And it's just a lot of different chunk validators and shards all over and kind of like being put together. And it reminded it made me think about like so AWS. If you build on AWS, you get zero of the profit from AWS. Right. You get to use it for what it gives you. You just so like pay for it. Yeah. Utility. Yeah. You're you're just leasing. Yep. But you but but AWS, no one who builds on it can be like, hey, I would like to be part of AWS now. Right. And it made me think when he was talking about the chunk validators, the 
the whole near thing that blew my mind is like it's basically like a, uh an aws 3 5.0 where like mm-hmm. every project could potentially have a little chunk validator in the future yes yeah. and so you're going to have thousands and thousands of chunk validators that build the entire ecosystem and each project who has the funds or whatever will just have a chunk validator which means they get like i don't know that's just like so different to me talk about decentralizing yeah. profits right like aws right. is a behemoth it's worth so much it's made it's made jeff bezos a billion you know 10 times 100 times over yeah that doesn't need to be though so i love the idea of like everyone being able to be a part of that sure, sure. and he when he explained it, i was like whoa that was like that was maybe like one of my biggest mind-blown moments where i was like i did not get that yeah 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 absolutely no, i think people should check out that entire interview there's so many good interesting things that Ilya touches on about what is really the vision of near and what they're really trying to do, mm-hmm. which I think sometimes gets confused um, of just trying to, because people often just go the easy route of comparing near to other blockchains. Yeah. Uh, but there really is a different approach here. Yeah. It's super cool. So, uh, and we, you know, at this moment, I'll probably just link to that video. We'll have a link, uh, but we could kind of pivot to the news a little bit too. Cause I mean, news is, you know, yep. uh, Speaking of uh, projects having validators, Near Week, <clears throat> which this show is brought to you by, we go check out Near Week. They do weekly news on Near Protocol and Aurora. Uh, they they they've launched a validator, which is great. Yeah. And in the if you stake with them, you're sort of support you're supporting their what they do, and that's another thing. Once everybody has validators, you can you can stake and support all over. Yeah, that. Is, so what I think is really interesting about what Near Week is doing is there again it's another example of a group kind of giving you that example model of like what it could be mm-hmm. uh they might not get it perfect like you know there's time we'll see like if, if it all works out the way that they have they want it to but this is a nice entrance into seeing like they're set up the validator to support their news doubt and in order and so that way when they can pay out bounties and everything else it's coming from the validator which mm-hmm. is you know regularly generating revenue you know so just by being up by just by running and so that concept is really interesting and so you apply that to a DAO, you apply that to your project you know how does that all fit in and right now the c price is prohibitive for a lot of projects so it is definitely difficult but uh it's really great to see them taking this approach yeah and the the thing it got me really excited is okay YouTube, I I like to equate YouTube because of the way it grew and how you and I were there. I was there at the very beginning of YouTube and I've been there yeah. through all these years and I didn't see what it was going to become until it was too late. Sure, or not until it's too late. Till it's, it is. Yeah, yeah. I think when new things come into a space, when they really take off, is when they give creators, whether it be products, businesses, entertainers, yeah, an ability to make profit by being part of it. Right. So once YouTube did the ads, it was like there. <clears throat> now you now people will focus their time there, figure it out because they can make a career. Now you have Mr. Beast, who's maybe one of the most prolific creators of all time. Sure. So what Near is doing, and what Near Week is starting to show is, you get a validator. Now you're you're getting rewards. You're getting money. You're getting value yep. by being part of the ecosystem. Right. And so to me, that just is like, and uh, when once I see it and it clicks in my brain, I'm like, other people, it's going to click to them. Oh, definitely. Yeah, in, in three years from now, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, you start a project, you get a chunk validator. Now you start doing it. Da, 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 and it just is going to make so much sense. That was the th- man. It really blew my mind. Yeah. 
that was fun. So NearCon was really fun. Hope to go again next year. Hope everybody had a good time this year. Yeah. Parties were nuts. I'm too old for that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know, I'm not 25 anymore. Yeah, I'm mean, like near week's party. I was like, this is awesome, but I was like, I I gotta go. Like uh, once I, it, it was like, there's a quick moment at, when you're in your 40s when you're like, yeah, this is time. For yeah, the, the the rest of the night goes one of two ways. That you know that inflection point, right? Like, yeah, I'm either gonna go home and be able to get up tomorrow, or you know, I'm or gonna I'm be done. out of commission. Yeah, I'm gonna be out of commission for the next day. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm spending a whole day in Lisbon, doing nothing. Um, right. so near week that was that's cool with them. Um, near past 20 million wallets yes that's pretty big deal it's a really nice milestone yep that's a cool milestone and that and it's happening quicker so i i bet in a couple you know soon we'll be like that's 100 million wallets you know it's just going to keep flying yeah and there's going to come that point where it just is like oh whoa and it's just going to start cruising um so that was really cool uh what is some news you want to jump in on have you been seeing about yeah, so I, you know, I think one of the big things we've talked about a bunch here is all of the different sharding parts. You know, um, you know, obviously we're, we're our show is called Who Sharded, but uh, <laughs> and we talked about stake wars, which we did. But uh, so Nightshade Phase One, which is part of sharding, is essentially out. So out of this of this recording, uh, the newest update to the protocol has gone to the validators. And so now the validators have to essentially kind of vote on accepting that protocol, which allows the way, paves the way for all the chunk validators to come online. So, uh, you know, there's no reason why it wouldn't pass, um, but it's just that's kind of like that's the process. Sorry, it's a governance thing, mm-hmm. um, again, because it is decentralized. So it's not just something you can just force on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where we're at. And so, you know, this part of, uh, you know, chunk validation, and everything else is coming to mainnet and fruition. and uh, it's a really uh, exciting step forward. Absolutely. And Joe, are we allowed to share that uh, you did great in Stake Wars, top 3%, and Ready Layer 1 is going to have a chunk validator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's uh, it's quasi-public, I guess, knowledge at this point. So then uh, it'll be another similar thing where Ready Layer 1 has a validator that helps support the content creation and so forth like that. I mean, it's right. it, it, it makes sense in a business model. <clears throat> yeah, and, you know, and I think the exciting thing it's really going to be is, you know, when we talk about this expansion of near, we say, you know, okay, it's, we just hit 20 million wallets. You know, how fast do we get to hundred million wallets? All these bigger projects coming online, you know, that are really, that need that higher bandwidth. Well, you know, to have now, uh, you know, the chunk validating coming out, some more of the sharding, you know, being released here from phase one, yeah. that's that we're, we're, we're all in the right direction. So Proximity wrote a really good Medium article called Position to Become the Leading Order Book Chain. So this is like something interesting to me, Joe, and we should maybe talk about this a little bit because this is, we won't go too into details because this gets in a little bit to DeFi and maybe someone who's a bit more of like a hardcore DeFi expert, we could talk to somebody about this. Sure. But basically using orderly network, spin decks, and tonic decks, and how this is going to push forward the DeFi on near substantially. Mm-hmm is uh, something that's coming out. And I, I suggest everyone read this Medium article because really, I mean, right now, Near has a lot of AMMs, which are automatic market makers, right? On DEXs where you kind of go in and it's like swaps, right? Basically. Mm-hmm. But now with the orderly network coming on board and everything, it's a decentralized trading platform. So it's going to be able to step up to like central uh, central limit or order books, right? Models. Mm-hmm. like So 
do you want to explain a little bit about that or so yeah order books are you know if if you don't if you never used one on like central exchange so you know or in stock market uh, it allows you to essentially pick you set your price that you want to enter or to sell at and so it allows uh-huh. you to, to start doing things like you know limit orders stop loss uh, all those different things that you would want to be able to do uh, that's what an order book now allows you to do now to do that though in a decentralized way is you, you know really interesting as well because now you're getting some of the benefits of it being truly decentralized yet you still can set your prices and so yeah. right now if you go to an amm you need to do a swap like you're beholden to whatever that price is right then with the liquidity so, pool and what it is yeah exactly so if you that way like and if yeah if you're in a rush and you need to swap then like well it is what it is but if you're willing if you're okay to be patient and you have a set number in mind being able to use an order book really changes the whole you know financial picture for people um and i I know for myself it's something that i've been waiting for because a lot of the stuff that i do you know it, it leads to me like constantly checking prices and things like that which becomes really a hassle where if i could set orders great like that's that's what i want to be able to do yeah it's it's just another thing of large projects as orderly network is massive i mean mm-hmm. they, they're doing major raises and stuff and they're they're on other chains as well right they're mm-hmm. multi-chain mm-hmm. and then they're coming in and another thing i take away from NearCon is this multi-chain thing like near yeah. is one chain and a lot of these projects are going to be multi-chain Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good time to embrace that. Like, I think some people like the sports analogy, people get really into their chain. Sure. I mean, a lot like, and, and it's usually like the earlier a person's in there, the bigger their bag, the more maxi they are. That's kind of like the, of course, the formula for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The greater good of the whole entire ecosystem. I mean, you want like every single ecosystem to be, maybe they're slightly different in what they focus on, but everyone, you know, give people options. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, you, you definitely, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having options, right? And there's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to bounce around. And there's going to be some strengths for different chains that, that do well in different places. Uh, and that's okay. Like, and, and, you know, and you just need to just, if you can embrace that and you can leverage that, then your experience as somebody who is a user of these chains would be a lot better than if you're constantly trying to force everything into one single chain. Agree, agree. And I, I was going to ask you, so with the this orderly network stuff, they, they're talking about like a private shard, right? So there's a thing with near protocol where there's shards. And uh-huh. right now there's four shards, right? And like Aurora has its own shard, right? So uh-huh. all of its uh-huh. transaction goes through its one shard until it needs another one. Uh-huh. There's this whole concept of private shards. So those haven't like launched yet, right? They're just like an idea or are they starting to launch or do people never even know about it? Like, <clears throat> are they like off chain metrics? Uh, well, so not really off chain, so it's not public. So the transactions that are happening within that shard are not all on the, the main public chain. So you wouldn't see each individual transaction. Uh, it's still on the network and it's still, you know, all the the same, the validation process and everything else is still the same. Mm -hmm. Um, but those transactions are not writing to the main public chain. Uh, I don't know if they how exactly they do show up in some form but they're but they're hidden essentially in in a way um i I don't know exactly all the technical parts of that just yet but uh there is some like uh, i don't know if it's all in mainnet but there are some that are already being built and and are actually leveraging it like the calamero network and things like that uh 
and what they're great for is like enterprise stuff you know yeah. so you know you don't want all your your public you know your business things happening there uh it will be interesting if people will start to move into health and research type of things uh mm -hmm. you could see that being part of that uh so there's a lot of use cases for them uh it's just you know it i, I don't know enough exactly of how they shield some of that stuff but uh, it is on all in the same network though so it's, so it's not like octopus where it's a separate network Okay, cool. Because yeah, I, I have a feeling private shards could be like huge. Because I think the biggest issue with a lot of blockchain is, and it, it hits you when you do the first time when you just kind of look up anyone's wallet or like right. your own wallet. And you're like, oh, whoa, anyone can see that. Like, that's a really weird concept, especially when you come from like a bank. Like, no, you can't just go on like a bank website and like look up someone's wallet amount. It's really weird. Yeah. And then I think, you know, there has to be a balance, right? Of like, you know, where yes people want to be able to shield stuff but if you start shielding everything well then now like you're kind of going back to like yeah. you know like some of the stuff web too like so it, it needs to be used like where it makes sense for people but um you know hopefully uh it, it does fill those needs and doesn't become like the default yeah i was i was wondering that too like why, why would anyone not just do a private chart then right like why would right. what would make the person not do that right or, or the company or the if they need a, their own shard right but then in a good way like instead of a company having to make their own blockchain they could just leverage exactly yes near yes and voila one of the things that came out of this past week too is that so a lot of education things but a really big one is freecodecamp.org and what's unique about them is they get uh, millions of people going through their different courses uh, again, it's free, it's free code camp. Uh, and they have actually got a grant from Near Foundation because they actually built a course around Web3 and leveraging Near. So when people want to learn about building on Web3 through free code camp, uh, they'll actually be building on Near. And it's all based around the JavaScript uh, SDK that Near has had. So again, this is all kind of coming together, right? We've talked about the importance of having this JavaScript SDK and leveraging that type of stuff and how that opens the door to a lot more developers. And here you go. One of the larger free education platforms is now using Near as the example to build on Web3 because of that. Joe, do you think that that's going to bring a lot of coders over to Near that wouldn't go and like just like what's what's the long term effects one year, three years from now of what that is? Yeah, so I mean, it's one of those things, right, where if I am interested in Web3 and I say and I, you know, go to one of these different places, I search Google, like I want to learn Web3, I want to learn how to code in crypto and all of these free programs come up and they're all leveraging near because of the JavaScript SDK. And I likely know JavaScript because that's the most popular language in the world right now well you know put two and two together it's like that's gonna bring a lot more devs there right like that's going mm -hmm. to uh, really start to open the door for not just a few people coming in who are maybe kind of interested and are maybe a high level programmer because they're going to leverage rust but no that casual person is now can come over and start building and maybe they can't build something you know truly groundbreaking but now they're in it right and now maybe they start brainstorming right it's just the more people the more people who are thinking and trying these things it, it's just it, it's a it's a super positive setup yeah man they make it's awesome yeah and that's your world you you know you're hiring people and trying to find people so i think more people in it the better
absolutely yeah i mean it's it, it's a it's a positive for everyone yeah uh, a whole lot. So, you know, ETH went through the merge. So Aurora has been doing some updates. I think Rainbow Bridge is back on. It was off for a little yeah. bit. Now it's back on. So there's a whole lot of updates going on on Aurora that, I, you know, yeah. I'll put the link below. Just read through them if you're into that, because that's like a lot. We could do a whole show. Maybe we do. Maybe we do a whole Aurora update show, Joe, because like it is. Yeah, they, they announced a lot during NearCon. Um, so much. Some things were actually some things that were hinted with our interview with Alex that we actually mm-hmm. released. He did hint at some of those things. Um, but what was really, I think, so important about what they were highlighting, uh, and again, I think we have to go more detail another time, but just that you can continue to really leverage the, you know, the EVM and people who have already built there and already have kind of done that stuff. And now you say, okay, Yes, ETH has moved to proof of stake, mm-hmm. you know, that's whatever. And so now you say, oh, it's kind of similar, but it's not. The 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 TPS is still very different. That's the, that's the uh, speed of the transactions, right? So, and how many transactions can actually go through. So that is, is still very different. And the cost is still there. There are still gas fees on ETH. Uh, Aurora not only has very minimal, they actually have a full program now where there's pretty much none. And they're going to be the first ones to release an option where uh, you'll be able to allow the contract owner to absorb any gas fees. So the end user never sees any gas fees. I mean, uh, so uh, that's I mean, it, not only is it innovative, like that's really thinking about adoption and that when you say, oh, well, I've already built on an EVM. OK, well, now you can actually come come to Aurora and really have some interesting benefits that really separate you from actually deploying on ETH. Man, the more we talk, man, we've been doing this show for a while and we've been in near and the Aurora ecosystem for a while. Seeing what like is happening, like my mind was so much smaller with what I thought it'd be I'm like, you know, it'll be like, and now it's just like all these things like projects being able to absorb some things. It's just becoming like a place to build on. Yeah. And I think it's changing the way people like projects are going to have to think about business models. And I think that's so good because uh, I, a thing I wanted to bring up earlier when we were walking around NearCon, you and I missed it, right? We are, we had missed the web to like prime time to build projects. We were just after it. like mm-hmm. five, mm-hmm. 10 years before us. That was when like people were building in their garages on web two. And like a lot of people who are very successful now who are like industry leaders were coming from that time. Yep. Walking around NearCon, I was like, now, now is the time, like probably two or three years. There's like a, maybe a, let's call it a five-year gap right now where yeah. a couple people with a good idea and not a ton of money can start building stuff and start kind of getting it out there and either A, having that project succeed or like so many projects, getting that out there, then getting that, you know, building on the next one or the, the second project. Just, yeah, I, I've just never seen a better time in my lifetime. It totally is. I mean, it, it's, you know... It really, it does feel really exciting, you know, even if you're not actually a developer, just somebody who is contributing and being in the space. Uh, it, it is a, so many opportunities, not just financially, uh, but really to do things that are actually changing, hopefully the world for the better um, and hopefully, you know, helping other people out, uh, but also be able to build up and have an opportunity to maybe make money that you wouldn't have been able to make before. And so uh, it, it is, is a fun time. Totally. And like I, I hosted a panel at NearCon on refi, which is regenerative finance, which is about like, you know, I guess the best way to think about it is like uh, projects that help like the the world. Like I'm I'm very that's like a very broad statement, but like, you know, uh open force protocol does like 
reforestation and planting, uh, you know, raised farms and doing farming, things that help the world. But because of this new structure of Web3, they can actually do it towards a profit and not just like a philanthropic thing. And that is where this stuff starts getting really cool to me, because now people have all these ideas and they're learning how to like leverage Web3 and near yeah. to do social good, uh, global good, and also make a profit. And I think once you start getting into that range, it's like, it's yeah. mind blowing. That's a cool space in general. Definitely going to do a podcast on that in the future. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think that it's, that stuff is huge, right? Huge. And that and that is stuff that is not available in both traditional finance or anywhere else today, no. and it can have really long term effects. Exactly. I mean, open forest protocols like such a sleep. Like that is one of those big. You're talking about big business. You know, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we could kind of wrap this up by saying like there were some NFTs projects that are are growing right like in the in the world of nfts i think it's kind of its own space where like there's sort of a cap on what most projects will become there's a whole lot of scams there's a whole lot of sketchy things but there are a couple legit projects if you can like sift through it yeah and one that i saw at NearCon that i liked was b experience where they're basically doing like a linkedin of web3 i mean there's more to it than that but that's sort of like a single sentence yeah and uh i was really impressed with that project i thought like okay here's a project that's maybe starting with the nft space but is elevating into a proper business yeah i mean that is the wrong word. i don't say proper business what's a better like you know what i'm trying to say like i don't want to like devalue no 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 no, no, no. earlier i don't want to do that like yeah no it's but i think what you're getting at is that it is a business in the sense that it is not based on speculation it is not based on you know i guess the uh degen ethos which again like there's nothing wrong with it's just different it's a different thing right like that's so much again speculative based where b experience is really focused on providing opportunities for people to find work and hire people and it's you know like i said like the linkedin of web3 and they're using nfts in a little, little different manner you know it's not just about owning the nft to be part of that project and part of that community um they're going to actually assign some value to and utility to it and so yeah. uh, that's really interesting and that, that's starting to become a little bit of a theme you know uh because i think even like some of the other things that have been coming about for nfts right they are trying to either be part of a game yeah. or they're building like okay this is a specific asset for a metaverse you know, or even, you know, and like, we'll, we'll go, I mean, this week, so like, I'm wearing the shirt, but I'm wearing this, the sweatpants. This, I'm wearing, yeah. I'm wearing the, sweatpants. <laughs> the Skellies, which started on Nier, did do a Soul Mint. You know, it's gone really well for them, but they're tying it back to things on both chains and they're tying yeah. it back to think, chain things on Nier specifically, things, things that Nier does really well that Soul does not do well. They're leveraging some of those things now with a, hopefully a larger audience through that. And so you're starting to see projects think a little bit more deeply about, you know, what is actually available to me on these chains and how can I start to really make something unique beyond just, you know, here's another DGEN community. And that's a really interesting thing because I think the NFT space in general, the last year, there was a whole lot of scammy stuff. And I think it evolves like everything evolves. People get smarter. We start to understand the space and now it's evolving. So now a project that tries to just like, pull a meerkats just isn't going to succeed anymore you know what i mean like mm-hmm. people are gonna be like no and so 
it's good to see that these projects and you know secrets of skelly society an interesting thing about that is that they're pulling the best of each chain and then that that is sort of like an example for other projects yeah i mean and i mean it's I... Be, it's in five <laughs> years i don't think there's going to be so few maxis because it'll be like why would you like why would you limit your success by being a maxi yeah and and, and again and when you and when you do it for the right reasons and you do it for a way that you say, hey, I recognize that this chain does this better and this chain does that better. So I'm going to leverage that versus it trying to be a cash grab at both. Yes. Uh, it, it becomes a really interesting proposition. Totally. Yeah. And uh, for people listening at this point, we're deep in the podcast now. So thank you. Um, <laughs> we've got a lot of stuff coming out on uh, NearCon 2022. We recorded some projects. We check out our TikTok. Our TikTok, Joe, our TikTok had a had a couple good hits on yeah. it and note to self always post when you're in portugal <laughs> seem to come. It, it's done well yeah yeah so uh but so we're doing things on that that a little highlight that highlights projects things like that i mean blockchain i mean talk about it's in the news right now joe it's it, like there's a lot of cool stuff happening right now and uh absolutely you know we'll, we'll keep you posted we're gonna try to get back into the swing of things post near con and covid <laughs> so we're getting yeah we, we certainly have a lot to release upcoming but we'll keep up with the who sharded keep you up to date with everything and go from there yeah thank you everyone for listening and uh okay. you know talk to you all soon talk to you all soon what am i on a phone call joe i get so <laughs> weird i don't know like, bye <laughs> me bye <laughs> <laughs> subscribe Ready Layer One is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. You should not make any decision, financial investment, trading, or otherwise based on any of the information presented in this podcast without undertaking independent due diligence and consultant and consultation with a professional broker or financial advisory.